Welcome to Flint Flora, a journey through the botanical diversity of Flint, Michigan. My name is Jim Cohen, and I'm a plant enthusiast. I'm excited to share my passion for plants with you and showcase the botanical wonders that are often hiding right in front of us. Come along as we discover the interesting, intriguing, and intoxicating aspects of the local flora of this exciting Rust Belt city. Um, Jim, tell us where we're at. Okay, Stacy. So we are in Wilson Park, in between the Flint Farmers Market and U of M Flint. There is this beautiful park here. Um, actually, was here earlier today when they were doing tunes at noon, and um, we are by one of the paths that cuts through the park by a Kentucky coffee tree. And I also want to say a lot of people might know this familiarly as uh, Gandhi Park because there's this big statue of Gandhi in the middle of it. Um, I never can remember the name Wilson Park, but I can always say, oh, let's meet at Gandhi Park. Still, I mean, that's another story in itself that I need to find out why there's a big statue of Gandhi here. But anyway, Gandhi's not the cool thing. This coffee tree is the cool thing today. So At least for today. <laughs> right. Okay. So tell us, I guess, um, describe for us, like, the physicalities of this tree. Okay. So this tree, Kentucky coffee tree, also known as Gymnocladus dioecus. So Gymnocladus dioecus, the Kentucky coffee tree, is notable for a number of reasons. So one of the reasons that I thought would be um, interesting to talk about this guy, uh, talk about this plant, is that the leaves are quite notable for Michigan. So unlike a lot of the leaves, um, plants we see in their leaves around here, these leaves are what we call bipinnately compound. So what that means is that the leaves are twice divided. What people would call the leaves <clears throat> are actually what we refer to as leaflets. And you have to sort of trace back on one green branch and then another till you get to the woody part of the plant. And that whole thing, which is about 18 inches by 12 inches, is the leaf. Wow. So, yeah. So what I, as, just as a lay person, as I'm walking by this tree, I look at it and what it looks like is you've got your regular woody branch and then coming off of that is this great long green shoot, like, like you said, about 18 inches long, this long green shoot. And coming off of that shoot are even smaller shoots on either side of it. And those little shoots have little leaflets. And I would have thought as a as a lay person that those little leaflets are the actual leaves and that the green um, shoots were br like new branches or something i don't know that's so that's really interesting so the whole leaf is like 18 inches long and really wide that's crazy yeah really long highly divided and the way that you can tell this the way that you can tell that you're looking at whole leaf and that you have those little leaflets coming off of it is you would sort of trace it back to the woody part and there you would see what's called an axillary bud. Axillary bud, what that will do eventually is it can allow the plant to grow out as opposed to just growing straight up from the branch. So it allows the plant to be able to branch. Okay, oh that's really interesting. So it becomes um, like the, the tree itself gets a lot wider and kind of 
bushier. Now, um, a little earlier, you referred to this tree yeah. as a hem and then um, corrected it to a plant because we're not actually <laughs> sure if it's a her or a hem, right? Yeah, that's right. So um, the scientific name for this guy or girl is Gymnocladus dioecus. And the dioecus part of that refers to the plant being dioecious. Dioecious comes from the Greek meaning two houses. So most plants, most flowering plants are bisexual and they're gonna produce bisexual flowers. So they have male and female parts in the same flower. But some of them will produce unisexual flowers. Sometimes they're on the same plant, but in this case, they're on different plants. And so this could either be a male plant or a female plant. At the moment, I don't think we can tell. So how could you tell? What's, what is the difference between the male plant and the female plant? So we could tell the male or the female plant if we see it in flower. Then we would be able to see if there are the male organs or the female organs, which ones uh, developed and what these flowers are producing, whether we have anthers that are producing pollen or whether we have gynesium with receptive stigmas. But the, the, the fruit itself comes from the females, right? Yeah, so we also could tell if we were seeing fruit, uh, which we don't see right now. Um, but it could also be that this plant might be a little too young to be producing fruit. So we'll have to check back next year. Okay, we'll have to we'll, we'll come back and uh, do a do a little gender test on this on this tree. Um, so um, if it were producing fruit, what would that fruit be like? So this plant is part of the uh, plant family Leguminosae or Fabaceae, um, the plant that's going to produce legumes. So if you've seen legume or eaten legumes, if you like green beans or anything like that. I just think about that because green beans are out now. Uh, that you know, it's in the same plant family. So it, ha but this case, it's not a very tasty bean like we would see, but it is a rigid um, sort of husky fruit that you really, if you're going to break it, you sort of have to snap into it and use some force to do that. And what I remember from opening up fruits in the past is that there was like a green ooze in there. But what's interesting about the fruit is that it was, or it's thought that this plant is an example of an evolutionary anachronism, where at one point the, the animal that may have dispersed the fruit from one place to another, helping the plant move from one place to another, or I guess the species range expand, it doesn't exist anymore and so it's thought that maybe mastodons would have been involved with this and they might have you know bitten down on these hard fruits allowing the seeds to be able to escape from the legume and then they'd be able to go and germinate producing new plants but now i mean we're not seeing those types of animals around and so these um, the way that the seeds get out frequently is that in wet areas and swamps, the husk of the fruit would essentially rot. And that would allow the seeds to be able to leave the fruit and be able to um, go on and produce new plants. 
So, and we can see evidence of that here in this park because this poor tree <laughs> has no friends, has no boyfriend or girlfriend. <laughs> There's, it's all alone and very lonely. So, so how did this tree get here, do you think? Well, this one I think was definitely planted here. Then that's probably the case for a lot. It's, these are um, actually pretty nice ornamental plants. I mean, I think it's, you know, the leaves are a nice attractive color. It's in sort of a nice attractive form. And um, the bark is this really great light gray color that sort of is peeling off in these kind of circular plates around, um, you know, the edges are kind of peeling off. I guess circular isn't right, maybe elongated ovals. Yeah, it kind of <laughs> looks kind of elliptical. It is a, I, it's so interesting. I never would have stopped to like inspect the pattern <laughs> of the bark on this tree, but now that I do, that's it's really interesting. Yeah, it's, pre it's pretty neat seeing the bark, and I don't know, I think sometimes I get a little too into it, but the bark almost seems kind of like a gray and creamy to me, but... <laughs> I may have been staring at it for too long. <laughs> I don't, I'm not sure I see the creamy part of it, but I do think it, it has a really interesting pattern going on to it. I've never thought about bark in that way before. So now I'm going to start yeah. noticing, I'm actually noticing that tree over there. That's got like really long, like big ovals com in comparison. That's more of a slate gray, I think. Oh yeah, no, that's, <laughs> we can talk about that one another time. That one, that's sugar maple. <laughs> okay, so we have, okay, so we have here a coffee tree and we have over there a sugar maple. Could they get together and like make a really cool coffee drink <laughs> or what could we do there? So you probably have to go to the crepe company or something like that for maple syrup in your coffee, unfortunately. They're not compatible and so they're probably not going to produce a nice, um, maple coffee hybrid <laughs> that's too bad but i think some of these uh gmo companies should listen to this podcast and get on that because i think there might be a way so <laughs> i think we'd have a lot more people interested in these trees if we could do that <laughs> so stacy i have to break it to you though so this is kentucky coffee tree it's not the tree that we get our coffee from what? <laughs> so it's kind of, I know, I enticed you over here <laughs> with, with the promise of um, a tree that produces coffee. But this one um, is sort of a poor substitute for coffee. Sounds misleading. I'm, I'm getting a little disappointed over here. I was, I was hoping I could, like, just stick a spigot into the side of the tree and just have coffee come out. If, if only it were that easy. I, I could totally see, like, a pop-up coffee shop over here just sticking your spigot. And so, so to, okay, so it can't, so how is it a poor substitute? So not being a coffee drinker and not having tried this, it's sort of hard to say, but, um, it was used when people just couldn't get coffee, but you have to make sure that you roast the seeds for it uh, because otherwise they are poisonous. And so don't drink it unless they're roasted appropriately. That sounds a little dangerous already. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not sure. I, I trust myself to know appropriate. Yeah, I wouldn't trust myself either, especially if you can go and get coffee much easier, which probably tastes a lot better as well. I mean, what you might want to do if you actually do come across the fruits and seeds of this guy are to use them like Native Americans did for a type of dice game, which seems like a lot more fun because the seeds are 
large pebbles. They are lustrous. And so it would be a lot more fun to sort of throw them on the ground and see what happens than to <laughs> spend your time trying to roast them. <laughs> I'll see if I can uh, get any of these uh, um, Pokemon players <laughs> over here. Hey, I've got this cool dice game. You take these seeds and throw them on the ground and see what happens. So, But it's another thing you can do outside. Go collect the fruits, get the seeds out, and then start playing dice with them. It's very, uh, very guys and dolls. I like it. I, I, I think that sounds a lot safer than trying to roast toxic, non-caffeinated pseudo coffee. Yeah, unless you are in a bind, and this is how you can get something that's coffee-esque. I think you should stick to uh, dice games. Sounds good. All right. Um, is there anything else that we need to know about this tree? I think we've got it. I think um, I mean, it's a beautiful ornamental plant. It is, you know, right now in a great location. If you are hanging out in downtown Flint, you can come and take a look at it. The, um, oh, the last thing, actually, is that we talked about the specific epithet, the dioecus part of it, but the first part, the generic name, gymnocladus, refers to the fact that the branches are naked. They're without leaves for a lot of the year. But, you know, what we'll see from at least a good part of the year is that the plant's not going to have leaves or will have these sort of leaf skeletons that will be present on the plant. And so... When you say leaf skeleton, you mean like the what looks like branches to me, but what you're calling the rachis without the leaflets? Exactly. So that could be on where the leaflets are not present anymore. And so uh, gymnocladus means naked branch, and there are other words that you probably have heard before that also have the same root gymno uh, like like gymnasium like gymnasium or gymnosperm for christmas time so um you know gymnasium or i guess say gymnosperm naked seeds gymnasium okay i just want to say i work out at a gym every day and i'm really glad it doesn't have that association anymore there are a lot of people there that I think much, much better off keeping our gym clothes on. I think everyone is better keeping their gym clothes on. <laughs> Agreed. <laughs> but that would be what it was, gymnasium coming, you know, having the same root, a place where guys would get naked and wrestle with each other. But I, as you said, fortunately, things have changed a little bit when we all keep our clothes on when we're at the gym. Thank God. <laughs> So the, the only other thing actually to mention is that in the fall, um, because we are in Michigan and the leaves change color for lots of plants in the fall, it's going to turn this beautiful yellow color. The leaves will turn a beautiful yellow color. So I would recommend not only coming by and checking out the plant now, but also coming by in the fall, which hopefully will be at least a few weeks away. <laughs> check out um, the beautiful yellow color that these leaves will be. Awesome. And I, it would be really cool um, if you do come out and check out this tree, take pictures of the tree, um, take some selfies with the tree, <laughs> post them on Facebook. Jim, you have, you didn't you say you have a Facebook and Twitter? Yeah, find me on Twitter at BotanaCohen, hashtag coffee tree. Awesome. Can you spell BotanaCohen for us? Yep. Uh, B-O-T-A-N-I-C-O-H-E-N. 
Awesome. So, and then you can also post them to the Flint Podcasting Company Facebook page, which is uh, just uh, Flint, uh, Flint Podcasting. You can find us on Facebook that way. Give us a like, give Jim a follow, and share your photos with us. So, thanks so much for um, sharing all the interesting things about this tree and sharing your um, excitement about this tree. Yeah, anytime. Looking forward to talking about more of them.